Need to make a call? Look for a police call box. That's where you'll find Two on Who, the new Doctor Who podcast from Electric Surge. Two on Who is available wherever you listen to podcasts. You must learn to listen to the rebel and the rogue, or you will not be allowed to come with me to Alderaan. Hey, if you want to watch a great podcast that none of us are on, check out Best Movies Never Made. Available every other Monday from screenwriter Josh Miller and producer Steven Scarlatta as they go behind the scenes of some of the greatest movies never made with fantastic guests like Steve Melching, Ashley Miller, and a lot of other people you have heard of. And not Darren Docterman. Yet. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you'll be on the show. They just invited me to be on an episode about James Bond. I wonder why. Maybe it's because I have a new book out called Nobody Does It Better, The Oral History of James Bond, available now wherever you get your books. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman, and I'm here with the host of the 430 movie. Steve Melching. Darren Dockerman. Ashley Miller. And Mark A. Altman. And now you can watch us on the Electric Now channel, available on DistroTV, Zumo, and Stir, and soon on the Electric Now app. Check us out wherever you watch podcasts. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman. And this is Darren Docterman. And yes, we are the Inglorious Trexperts. Hello, Alpha Quadrant. <laughs> this is Mark A. Altman. And I, I am so excited because <laughs> this is going to be very interesting. We're going to call it, you heard of Free Enterprise? This is Free Associating. We're here today with um, Ashley E. Miller. <laughs> Ashley E. Miller, our special guest. Who, who we might as well make a Trexpert at this point. He's I mean, so he is a Trexpert. He's not a guest. He's not a guest. He's, okay, he's, he's a Trexpert. He's just a Trexpert. So he's the writer of uh, Thor and X-Men First Class. He's um, um, also a uh, writer-producer on such shows as Lore and, and uh, Terminator Sarah Connor Chronicles. So Ashley Fringe. always gets his uh, resume read out, and neither of us do. Well, he's a guest. Yeah, but he's not, not anymore. But he's not anymore. Yeah. All you need to know is we are <laughs> Trexperts. The rest doesn't matter. None of it matters. Like the Metrons. We are the Metrons. We're like Metallica. <laughs> None of it matters. All that matters is that we're the Trexperts. Nothing really matters. You, okay, let, let's give a bio. No. So Darren is a leading concept designer in the industry. He's worked on shows like uh, Westworld. He's also worked on uh, Riddick and the Chronicles of Riddick, uh, Real Steel, X-Men 3. Uh, the fine X-Men. X-Men 3. <laughs> and, the, and the best Star Trek movie uh, made within the past 30 years. Galaxy Quest. Uh, Master and Commander. Oh, Master, Master and Commander. Commander. <laughs> okay, I stand corrected. So Darren's done a lot of cool things. And Mark has done a lot of cool things. He, he is the uh, uh, producer and writer of Free Enterprise. You may remember that from your uh, ancient files. Unless you I, miss staff meetings. I think he wrote a, a book or two. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> you have a book it, coming out very soon, don't I, you? Or, well, is no, it out now? It's out now. It's out now. The uh, the um, Nobody Does It Better, the complete oral history of the James Bond movies. Sometimes I wish someone would, though. <laughs> <laughs> I wished I judged a million a shot, let me tell you. And then, um, uh, you know, this is a follow-up to uh, my best-selling oral history of Star Trek, The Fifth-Year Mission, now available in paperback, or at least Volume 1 is available in paperback. Volume 2, I don't know when that comes out in paper, right? But the hardcover is still available, so it doesn't really matter. But whenever it does come out, just remember it's going to strike like Thunderball. 
<laughs> indeed, indeed, <laughs> indeed. And I will point out that the James Bond book is available uh, not only in hardcover, but also audio and on digital. So that is uh, what I have to say about me. Um, and, of course, you can uh, check out uh, the first season of Pandora on um, the CW app. And the uh, second season's coming this summer uh, to CW. So, okay. I hate to interrupt this Little mutual, mutual admiration, admiration society, society, but where is the episode? Okay. Well, <laughs> what you don't know, and we're about to tell you, is, you know, we've been promising for a while that we're going to tell you what people are saying. People are talking. What are people about saying? Glory. And, you know, we recently um, uh, uh, celebrated our one millionth download. Which did was, we? We did. Yeah, we did. Mother. Which is, is, is fantastic. It's actually a, a couple months ago. Right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, thank you, guys. Uh, I mean, I can't believe how well the show is doing. and uh, It's doing great, but always... Tell your friends. Tell your friends because it can do greater. Tell your enemies. Greater? Yeah. Greater. Greater. It can do greater. More great. But um, we're so, we're, we so enjoy doing the show. Too much, and, actually. And uh, so, you know, in order to keep it up, we're not asking for uh, Patreon. We're not asking for you to give us money or anything. What we are we're asking- We're not saying you shouldn't. Is to keep listening. Keep listening and uh, and vote for five stars on, on iTunes, Apple iTunes, because that's where people decide whether or not they're going to sample uh, a new podcast. And, you know, there are a lot of Star Trek podcasts and there are a lot of worthwhile, I think, probably Star Trek podcasts. I don't listen to a lot of them, to be honest. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. But um, you just do a lot of our podcast is obviously very different, coming from a very different perspective sure. than probably a lot of other Star Trek podcasts, which talk about, um, you know, what's out now. Right? right, you know, whereas we talk about the stuff that we love, right. that we grew up on, um, through a different lens, because we're lucky enough to all work in the industry. So we've called a lot of our friends from the industry who drop in from time to time to talk about their experiences. So it's a very different perspective than uh, the fan perspective, which is equally valid but just different. Right. So, okay, let's let's see what people are saying. Um, and this first is uh, actually, I guess, posted recently, the most recent, in a different reality. See, I like that okay. array. Yeah. He could have called his friend. Right. So I, I bet he makes the joke. <laughs> well, let's see. So this is from John Palat. John Palat. And John says, this show gets five stars for many reasons, if not solely for the inside baseball, or is that Parisi Squares? Very funny. Okay. Knowledge gleaned, and they're often tough to find guests. That's saying obscure and nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> tough to find. Well, like Rave Needleman, right? Right. right? Come uh, on, He was man. tough to find, let me tell you. It's the Kirk Spock style camaraderie of the Trexperts. Does that make you McCoy? I I think it does. Okay. These guys are about (laughs) my age. Well, don't be so sure. Um, We all discovered TOS around age five Uh, on every show. Maybe. No, Ashley's younger than us. Yeah. And I get younger every year or so. Um, And on every show, I feel like we are buddies talking Trek, quoting lines, and engaging in arguments about what's best, worst, and merely amusing about Trek. Hmm. The fact that they dislike Voyager and Discovery. Now, we've never said that. (laughs) It's never been said. We've never said that. that. Just because we don't do every episode. Yet Revere DS9 is a bonus. Let me tell you, this is a show about the love. And yeah. we talk about what we love. That's right. What and we don't talk about, we just don't love. You, you can infer well, what you want, but I don't think we've ever publicly said one way or the other. Right. I mean, Voyager, I think we have. But <laughs> <laughs> I think Discovery. Was, yeah. And again, I want to emphasize, it's really I important. I was say something. Let we us. talk about what we love. doesn't mean you need to love what we love. It doesn't mean we have to agree. 
You know, uh, it's and, like what and, I say to and, my wife about the children. You don't have to love them just because I love them. <laughs> you know, and we would never begrudge you for what you like unless it's Star Trek three. But, um, you know, so like, look, I just I hate this aspect of fandom, which is like, you know, where people get upset over like you don't like that. How can you not like right. that? Or, you know, how can you love that? Or it's like, you know, it's just right. whatever. Itic means it goes both ways. Exactly. Right. Infinite diversity and infinite combinations. Right. And to each their own is an older version of that expression. Okay. I wake up early Saturday mornings. I love this. I wake I up early Saturday mornings to just me. to download this show and delight in their love for the phenomena that in many ways define my worldview. Nice. I, I okay. could have written yeah. this. Mm-hmm. Did, Never did he met say phenomena? Did Never phenomena. No, that's a great word. Phenomena. Na, na. Phenomena. This is a great thing. You're, you're, you're Sorry. Just making Muppet Show jokes. This is the wrong podcast but, for that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Next, never met these guys, but in a different reality, I could have called them friend LLAP. Well, John, that's a lovely thank you. That's great. That's really nice. Thank you, John. We, we, you know what? In this case, they say never read your reviews, but in this case, I'm glad we did. So um, thank you, John. That's, that's, that's really nice. And I, we totally uh, feel the same way you do. Um, okay. They make it so awesome. This is uh, a guy named, uh, or maybe a girl, Ashley named e. Global Miller. Couch. <laughs> this is uh, Global Global Couch. That's a big couch. Yeah, it's really a very big couch. big couch. And uh, they make it so awesome. This is another five-star review. Wow. Altman, Doctorman, and team live up to the hype. Team. These guys are fans and industry pros delivering keen insight into the iconic franchise. Keen. Proving it is possible to deliver praise and critique without going full clickbait. And again, that's a really nice review because I think that's what we try to do. Even when we're being critical, we we try... I mean, I think we were very successful in Star Trek Three, right. where we've been critical, but we were saying, if you love Star Trek Three, great, go with God and enjoy it, and we understand why you do. Right. But this is why we don't, and uh, and it doesn't mean you know we have to take up the own wound and fight it out, That's right. you know. So uh, or the Lirpa. Well, either would do. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah. that's but that's a nice that's a nice that's a one. nice nice one. Okay, this next one is um, this show rocks from the Great Bird of the Galaxy. Really? Maybe well, you really? Should, you should read that one, one Darren. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I never thought I'd binge listen a podcast until now. I feel like I'm hanging with my Star Trek friends, people who, quote, get all the quotes, inside jokes, etc., of 50-plus years. The analysis of the themes, characters, and philosophy of the various series is fun and fascinating. And the guests bring a whole different dimension and perspective to it all. Thank you, and please keep it going. So much more to talk about. You know, the one thing that that scares me is that the demographic seems to be skewing very old. <laughs> but you know, Itik, it's right. all it's all you know. These are these are people who aren't often heard from, That's like right. us. That's right. Yeah, but you know, we could hear ourselves all the time. But you know, the people I've talked to. Um, are they've had so much of their lives uh, supplanted by this thing, right. this Star Trek thing, yeah. this Cosa Nostra. Why is everything we don't understand always, <laughs> always called a thing? thing? Because it is. Um, and the, the thing is that their love for this uh, helps, you know, in, inform the next generations, literally. Yes, that's you know, true. As, as uh, you know, both of you are, are raising uh, children and... Trying to not unduly influence them one way or another, Absolutely. right? And to help them discover it for themselves, 
Which is, you know, giving them access, obviously. Why my son is a much bigger Star Wars fan than Star Trek. Sure, because, you know, it's for kids, right? You know, for kids. Yeah, yeah. That's what trade negotiations are. Kids love <laughs> trade right. negotiations, you know? Oh, my God. Look who's in the booth, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's Team Devlin. Whoa. Wow. I think he's here to pull what the plug. What have we done? <laughs> <laughs> you heard. We're shutting <laughs> the lights off. <laughs> He heard, what is this for cocked episode they're doing? <laughs> he, he couldn't be here for the last four that were fantastic. Instead, he comes for the mailbag episode. It's like, this is the best they can do? <laughs> come in here. All right. Special guest. <laughs> you got to come in here. Okay. This is like Mr. Rogers. Look this is this. amazing. It's our benefactor, Dean Devlin. Oh, yeah. Good to you, see you. You know him as the uh, creator of Independence Day. Good to see you. And uh, his new show, and this was not planned at all, his new show, Almost Paradise, uh, debuted recently on WGN. And uh, and, uh, that's exciting. Yeah, yeah, it's a little nuts, but it's uh, it's fun. <laughs> I've been accused of doing a lot of crazy things before, but uh, shooting in the Philippines really takes the cake. Wow, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not and since the, MacArthur has anybody. And then you have the outpost coming back this summer? Yeah, we're really excited about that. Uh, we've been shooting it in Serbia. You know about shooting in. Oh, uh, I do. <laughs> I do indeed. Uh, and yeah, it's it's got tremendous production value. Yeah, I mean, if you haven't been watching it, I mean, the second season in Serbia, amazing, and the third season to be even bigger and better. So that that's great, and it's such a good time to have you because we're doing letters from the mailbag. Oh no! And no, no, no. <laughs> but you know, can you tell us because there's so much exciting stuff going on with the Electric Surge and the Electric Now channel. So, um, you know, why don't we, because people are saying, I, I'm watching you on Electric Now. And we're like, thank you. I hope we're not scaring you. You have a very special connection to Star Trek. Sure. And we'd love to, if you can just share that with us. Well, Star Trek is the show that got me hooked on science fiction. But it started because my mother... Uh, did a guest star on the original Star Trek on the Wolf in the Fold episode. And she came home with a uh, stuntman's phaser. And I know it was the stuntman's because it was all beat up. Mm -hmm. But she gave that to me. And that was the crack (laughs) that started my addiction. Of course, as a kid, I ended up losing it at some point, (laughs) which kills me now that I could have had it. But that was really when I first fell in love with, with science fiction and 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 wanting to do this kind of work, and uh, get, of course watching my mother get killed on almost every show she ever did in the '60s <laughs> is why I'm as warped as I am now. Right, <laughs> it can be very traumatizing. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean I think it's always had this real special place in my heart. Aside from just being a fan, you know, the, the fact that my mom was on it, and then you know years later. Um, I was acting on a TV series, and there was this guest star who played a uh, 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 killer pimp on the show, and that was Jonathan Frakes. Oh, that's funny. And so that started my friendship with Jonathan Frakes, and then Jonathan Frakes was doing Next Generation, and so it's, I, I just felt all these connections to the show. That, you know, I think, I mean, all the time that I've known you and I've known John, I don't think I've ever heard that story, that that's how you guys met. Oh, yeah. we it, Our first time was acting together on a, on a, on a short-lived TV series called... Um, uh, well, it was called hard copy, but it wasn't the same hard copy right. that uh, was the news show. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah. It lasted six episodes. Dan Pine wrote the pilot. Mm. Uh, um, uh, Steve Bochco apparently had done a ghost rewrite on it, uh, but we only lasted six episodes. Right. <laughs> he really brought up that killer pimp role. Oh, he, yeah. did. <laughs> he did. He did. The, 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 the when I think killer pimp, 
I think Jonathan Frakes. <laughs> <laughs> he was a very intimidating guy to be a guest star because I'm only five ten and he's tall. He's really tall, right. and and he was like throwing me around on the set. I was like, you know, I am a regular on this show, <laughs> <laughs> and it's so funny because of course you know John has gone to direct a ton for you. He was yeah. a producer and librarians. He directed a ton of episodes. He directed movies for you, and uh, you know, it just goes to show you never know. You know where these relationships come from. These people you meet, you know, in the course of being, you know, someone, you know, early in your career, you know, how those relationships are going to pay off. Well, that's why when, whenever I'm meeting young filmmakers and they're trying to figure out how to mold their career, I always say, don't try to mold your career. Right. Just work, because yeah. you never know what's going to lead to something. You know, in in the '80s, I was an actor, mm-hmm. and unlike today, where being uh, diverse. Was help is helpful. Right. Back then, right. I could play you know either the janitor or the gang member or the drug dealer. That was pretty much it. And you know, one day I got cast in this movie, and it was a pretty lousy script, and it seemed like a pretty cheesy sci-fi movie. Um, and honestly, I would have turned it down if I had had even a thousand dollars in the bank. Mm. But I needed the job, I needed the work, and so I flew to Germany and I did this low-budget movie. And I saw some of the most beautiful sets I'd ever seen. And I saw some really great directing. And I turned to the director. I was like, wow, you you really know what you're doing. And and that was Roland Emmerich. And that mm-hmm. started a 12-year partnership. Moon 44. On Moon 44. Yeah, right. So had had I turned that down, that, that whole trajectory of my career wouldn't have happened. So, you know, I really believe that, that you just got to work. Mm-hmm. And you never know what relationships are going to turn into positive relationships or negative ones. Right. <laughs> right. You know, but I, I think... Trying to, to to manipulate it, trying to to plan it. You know, what's the old joke? How, how do you make God laugh? You make a plan, right? right? Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I, I'm a big believer in just working and 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 meeting good people and collecting them. And you've done such a great job of it because you, it's a testament to the fact that so many of the people you worked for with for decades. You know, I mean, look at who you did almost uh, Paradise with, Gary. I mean, you right. met Gary how long ago? So so when I was an actor, Gary Rosen had just moved from the editing room into writing for Joel Schumacher. Mm. And uh, I told every, I told him that I wanted to be a, a writer. And I told everyone I wanted to be a writer. But at, at that time, they were like, yeah, you're an actor. Shut up. Right. And he was the one person who took me seriously. And, and he would work with me on my scripts. And he criticized my writing. And he, he taught me how to be a better writer. And now, all these years later, we're uh, doing a TV series together. Yeah, it's not like you ever wrote anything that was that huge and successful, like no. Independence Day, Stargate. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like you know, Dean is such a, a legend, in, in, uh, you know, in the sci-fi world, and that's why when you know we started this whole podcast thing, you know, Dean has been so supportive because he genuinely loves all this. He lives, breathes, and eats, uh, you know, genre. And but you know, I think that's you know, like you guys. The biggest difference, I think, are are those who do genre because they think that's what's going to make them money so that one day they can win their Oscar versus people who love genre as much as the people who love making art house films. And I think that I think the audience can smell it. You know, it's like how many times have you seen a trailer and you could just smell the pitch meeting? You know, you just Mm -hmm. knew Mm -hmm. that this was not from anyone who actually really loved this genre. I'll it's never... like Kramer versus Kramer in space. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> my favorite compliment I ever got in my entire life from any critic or anybody was um, it was after Independence Day. And I was at Comic-Con and I was signing autographs and I'd been there for a long time. And there's this one 15 year old kid. He'd been waiting a long time. 
And he finally got up to, to up to me to, to have me sign his picture. And he was he was stumbling for the right words. And he just went, you, you, you get it. <laughs> and I went, I know exactly what you mean. Because yeah. I was on the other side of that table feeling that exact same way. Right. There are those who get it and those who do it because they think it's a good job. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I, I, I think you got to be as passionate for this as Scorsese is about what he does. Yeah. And, and the audience can smell it. They can see the difference. And that's what I loved about Bo's uh, speech yesterday um, at, when he won Best Director in particular uh, for Parasite. You know, a lot of times people get up there and they give this kind of phony acknowledgement. We're all winners. You know, all the nominees. Oh, you 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 touch my heart, and you know, I share it with you. But it's it, But he like the way he spoke about Scorsese, you know, and the way he spoke about Quentin. It was so heartfelt and real that you genuinely felt it, and it was just such an authenticity to him that you know I love. And you you know, you, how could you not be happy for him winning the Oscar? It was you know. You know, some would argue he won a few too many, but, uh, you know, I love that movie, so I wouldn't quibble. I, I love that film, too. And I loved it for all the reasons that I shouldn't in that it does everything that shouldn't work. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it's two-thirds of a comedy and suddenly becomes a thriller. It's like, yeah. mm-hmm. well, that, if someone told me that in a pitch meeting, i go, well, that's not going to work. Right, right. You know, so it just, I love the audacity to just say, I'm going to just break every damn rule mm-hmm. and do something really interesting. And it's so smart. It was so of the zeitgeist right now with the, you know, class, uh, you know, that's why people say, oh, is people going to be talking about this, you know, 20 years from now? And it's like, they might, (laughs) you know. There's there's a lot to digest. Yeah. It's metropolis for the 21st century in a way. Yeah, that's interesting. So I I think it's terrific. And, you know, I know a lot of people who are upset that Quentin didn't didn't get recognized, but he's gotten plenty of, you know, and and maybe now he'll do more than 10 films because maybe he'll be chasing that Oscar (laughs) that much longer. So it's good. Well, look, I, like I said, I know you have a lot to do and you weren't planning on, this really wasn't staged. I mean, literally we saw Dean walk by and he's in the window. I literally just wanted to watch how the switcher was working. (laughs) We're like, how can we let Dean walk away without coming on the show for a few minutes? But we're we're just considered a tease because, um, he's going to the Philippines to direct uh, the finale on Almost Paradise and then he's coming back and we're going to get him into the John Gill Memorial Podcasting Studio and um, and, and, and we're going to talk at length about his career and how Star Trek uh, in particular was an inspiration and you know people may not realize I mean besides Frakes I mean John Delancey was in the librarians I mean it's no accident so you know that consider this a tease we're teasing you (laughs) with the future episodes so well thanks for for stopping by good to see you all thank you thanks Dean well, you're paying for the room, yeah. so you can <laughs> drop by any time. <laughs> so that was great. Oh, that was great having oh. having Dean come by. And, and now I'm going to return to the mailbag. Now we return okay, to, to the, the mailbag. Mail okay. So um, this is from <laughs> Cap seventy four two zero eight. Now, do you think they're referring to Captain America, or are they referring to Captain Kirk, or what do we what do we think? Maybe uh, it's just a like a cap. bottle cap. Yeah. Maybe it's like we a don't know. Cap. Okay, so this yeah. this says proud Trekkie, hmm. five stars. Keep on burning. My only real complaint, oh boy, Uh-oh. is that I wish you'd allow yourselves to go longer from time to time. Uh, yeah, sometimes you know, we're old. You and, can't, uh, he has to go to the bathroom. Just, yeah, <laughs> incontinence. Sorry, See, honey. Sometimes maybe we'll get him a box of. Uh, <laughs> sometimes you're gonna roll, and I wish you'd carry it through to its logical conclusion. And don't be ashamed of Trekkie. Trek enthusiast is fine, but no matter your history with that term, love it and own it. I'm proud to be a Trekkie. Thanks, Kirk. Yes, seriously. Now let me tell you why we called Scott Mance a Trek enthusiast, because. He belongs in his own bucket. 
Okay. Right. You know, and I'm not talking about Odo. Scott is such <laughs> a unique guy that we did not want. We we were insulting you to call you a trek a trekkie and then trekker. I just, just just it needed its own definition. He's an energy being made of pure enthusiasm. Right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the truth? You know, I have to say, uh, I hate the word trekker. Mm. I have always felt like trekker was the thing that people are like, oh no, trekkie has a bad connotation. Call me a trekker. Call Colomini. No, 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 don't call Colomini. Well, actually, we should get Colomini on the show. But uh, that that whole Trekker thing always felt a little defensive to me. It I, is. And I love the term Trekkie. Okay. I love that. I, I always call myself a Star Trek fan. I yeah, never use Trekkie well, or Trekker. Or no. Trekspert. Well, that's right. because it's a higher level right. of existence. But <laughs> Is that more or less perhaps than enthusiasm? Perhaps it's a direction that we may someday achieve. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We, we go by. I, you know, it was so funny. I was having a conversation. This is going to say, oh, my God, Oz Altman being an arrogant asshole again. But again, I was having a conversation. No. And, you know, she said, oh, you know, they were asking me about the show. And I said, yeah, it was an inglorious trekspert. They go, well, I'm a trekspert. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, that's like, yeah. You know, that's the, the, uh, the Larry David response. Are you really? Yeah, it was totally <laughs> a Larry David moment. It was totally, I'm like, yeah, is that right? <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty good. No, I was like, I, what, what makes well, you a That's quite Trexpert? a statement. And it's like, you know, Trexpert is a, a term reserved for a certain level of knowledge <laughs> regarding the franchise. You know, I'm not saying, you know, because you know all the titles for Voyager. So um, it was it was interesting. Uh, I just I don't I don't believe the trek. Yeah. You know, it's like you know how to call yourself a doctor. You right. need to like do a doctorate. Yeah, and right. then you become a doctor, right? Yeah, that's you right. you go to you know <laughs> you go to you get a master's, you get a PhD. It's like trekology. It's like trekspert. You right. have to have a certain level of accomplishment. Well, first you get your degree in spaceshipology. Yes, yeah. that's right. And then that's you right. move on to the advanced right. degree that's in trekspert. Right. That's right. That's right. I mean, because even Dave Rossi was here for a previous episode. He's not a Trek expert. He's a, a huge Trek fan. Yes. And he worked on the show. Yes. But he's not a Trek expert. He admitted it. Right. Okay. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> December 4th. I really like when these episodes have more structure. December 14th, 2000. <laughs> then I start getting in the weeds and say stuff I shouldn't. December 14th, 2019. Great podcast. Five stars. Just Is listen to Nicholas Meyer. It was a lot of fun. Please bring him back. I mean, we could. We love I, I, I mean, love. I guess we didn't really talk about Star Trek Six that much. Look, I, I, I think we barely it, talked about Star Trek Two with him. That's true. Right. That's, you know what? Which he had is a, great. He had a great time, and I, we could absolutely have him back. You know, I'd like a little more time to pass before yes. we have him back. Yeah. But uh, maybe for the you know anniversary of Khan or, right. or for Star Trek Four or the something. The thing is, here's I'm going to borrow your my here's, here's, the, here's thing. the thing. Yeah. He gets asked Star Trek questions. All the freaking time. True that. Right. And his responses, because he's been asked so many times, are usually pretty much the same as you would hear on his commentaries on Star Trek II and Star Trek VI. Right. And while those individual stories are fascinating, I know we have heard them over and over again. Yes. And we wanted to hear something new. That we, we wanted to ask him before. something absolutely completely great. different. Absolutely right. Which is, so that's why. Yeah, and I think that's why he enjoyed himself. I think so, too. And I think that's why it was fascinating to talk about his book. Right. Yeah. You know, which which I finished and I thought was terrific. Mm-hmm. Um, and But it was interesting because hear him talking about Sherlock Holmes, because he's as passionate about Sherlock Holmes exactly. as we are about Star Trek. Exactly. You know, when you talk about Star Trek, he's like... Is he a like, Holmespert? He's a Holmespert. 
I, I, He's a sure spurt. I think, sure they, spurt. I think they might be called the Baker Street Irregulars. Irregulars, that's what they are called. Okay. Or if you're Scott Mancher, Baker Street I, Enthusiast. I don't think I would ever want to be called Irregular. I just, no. Or, you know, who was the one who saw it, sang Baker Street? I hated that song. It was on all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I hated that song. It was on all the time. I forget who it was, too. I'm is it sorry. like George Baker? No. no it was it, I, I remember. It was awful. <laughs> okay, somebody should post who sang, I could look it up, but I'm not going to, the Baker Street. I hated that song. It just says 1978 to me. Oh, my God. The worst. <laughs> and it was on the radio all, yeah, the, all time, the time. All the time. Okay, now this, oh, good. This is good. A little mixing it up here. Okay, oh, good. Sure. This is from Scrooge McDuck. 1977. Oh, he's a Star Wars fan, so no wonder. Okay. Because okay. this is a two-star review. Okay. Two-star right. review, great at first. But like getting together with old friends you haven't seen for a while, the stories have been repeated and repeated and repeated. What did I just say? Basically, they've <laughs> run out of new material. Oh, you think so, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, you haven't listened to this episode Have yet. we talked about Rob Burnett's bachelor party with the trill <laughs> and the green rind slave? Oh, I'm oh. not telling you, Scrooge <laughs> McDuck. So they do enjoy entertaining themselves. You, you know what? You're absolutely right. That's the only reason we do this. <laughs> exactly. It's so, not to entertain everybody else. No. This is for us. That would be insane. So if you're into that, great. We are. Uh-huh. There are a lot. They're a lot like that person you know who thinks they're the smartest person in the room. Thinks being, oh, this is the one. Oh. And and they're not afraid to tell you over and over again. So, McDuck. <laughs> what number what? am I thinking of? We are the smartest people in the room. Certainly because there's, now. All, because yeah. there's, there's only, only three, three of us. <laughs> now, that, now that Dean is gone, and nobody, we are the smartest right, people in the room. That's right. If Dean were here, Dean would be the smartest person in the room. But but he's not, so it, it, it's, it's a tie between the three of us. So, you know what? Let me tell you something, Mr. McDuck. I'm not going to talk for myself, That really is your name. But, but, but <laughs> McFly. But, you know, what, 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 where, where did you work before you were, you were in the business, before you were a screenwriter extraordinaire um, uh, and uh, a TV producer? I, I did, you know, applied math ops research for the chief of naval operations in the Pentagon. There it sits. He <laughs> seems games. reasonably... Intelligent to me. Uh, you're repeating the same <laughs> jokes. I know because they're funny. They're good. Ga- game set match. Plus, we can't expect yeah. that everyone's listening to every episode. That's know, correct. You know, so it's like if we repeat a joke. Well, you know, it's like life. You repeat jokes. Yeah, that's right. And then your kids look at you and say, "You think you're so funny?" Yeah. Well, you know, and they're the great level. Call it a repeat a joke. I call it a franchise. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway. I, we spent way too much on Mr. McDuck. It's fine. You know, you what? know what? Look, I'm, I'm only kidding. Hug, I love McDuck. it. I I, yeah. I like the fact that they took the time to post that, their thoughts. Yeah, that's awesome. And, yeah. and they listen to the show, and I'm sorry they're not enjoying it, you know, but you know what? There are a lot of other podcasts out there. They might enjoy sure more. And, go, and there's God, a lot of other good podcasts for them. on the Electric Surge Network. That's right. There are, like the 430 movie, or the best <laughs> movies never made. No, that's too good for them. They should watch, listen to Rebel <laughs> on the Road. <laughs> Oh, I like Rebel in the Rock. I do too. Okay, good. You know what I like? I like Two on Who. You want to know why? Two on Who's great. Because I like that title. I just do. He came up with it. It's a great title. I thought Natalie did. It's naughty. It's like it's naughty. That's not the intention. It's naughty. It's bigger on the inside than on the outside. That's what she said. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So. worst episode we've ever done. Or ever the best. Ourselves. Or the best. Yeah. The best of both worlds. At this point, we don't know. November 9th. This is from Rob D. Hood. What happened to the Hood and the Potemkin? Uh, <laughs> okay. 
This is Five Stars Best Star Trek Podcast. Now we're back. Oh, we're back. This is a must listen for anyone interested in thinking and talking about Star Trek in all its forms. For Trek fans, this Most is a podcast forms. we have been wishing for. Professional quality. That's a shout out to you. Back there in the booth. Technical difficulties yeah, notwithstanding. Professional <laughs> quality, thanks to Bill Ritter. Scholarly. We're only assuming that he's still recording. Extremely, by that. That's true. extremely funny. And by people who were there. No, I don't know about that. Listen to, this, <laughs> <laughs> listen to this podcast if you want to appreciate Trek in both commercial and humanistic perspectives. Oh. That's a very thoughtful uh, it really review. really is. I like that. Okay. Now we're on to um, Gorf from JewishCartoon.com. But. Well, if they're from Jewish Cartoon, they're going to appreciate the humor on this show. Hooked on the Trexperts. Five stars. Five stars. Five. This is uh, this is Gorf, not to be confused with Gort, from JewishCartoon.com. Is this the um, uh, golf instructor with the short legs? <laughs> <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty good. Okay. <laughs> Outstanding, says Gorf. <laughs> Like I'm reading a story to my children at night. Candid, huh? informative, funny, passionate, a model for all genre podcasts. If marooned for all of eternity in the center of a dead planet, buried alive, <laughs> alive, alive, and given the choice between Romulan Allen and Glorious Trexperts, choose the L. But only because a podcast cannot double as a disinfectant. But it would be very close. Keep going boldly, Trexperts! Exclamation point. Thank you. Gorf. He was a model for us all, a gorilla <laughs> to remember. <laughs> Next week, two on apes. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> Planet of the fans. <laughs> okay, this next one is called Inside Trekkers Talking Trek with Top Insiders. Say that three times. Huh. Inside Trekkers Talking Trek with Trek Insiders. Oh, wow. so. Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicle, <laughs> says, <laughs> Yes, call Van Putkama. Uh, okay, this is actually from John Hazard. John Hazard. And John says, These guys know their Star Trek, and they interview some of the most amazing Trek insiders. The geeky references, clever humor, and little-known insights fly at you at warp speed. Educational as well as entertaining. Heartfelt nostalgia. So much fun. Well, that's nice. That that's very nice. nice. Thank, Thank you, you. Uh, John. Thank you, John um, and we'll do the Dukes of Hazard podcast for you soon. Hell yeah. We okay, will. that's. I got John Schneider's number. Let's you know, there's a TJ Hooker podcast. Bullshit. Is there? Yeah, yeah. I was looking for some reason. I was doing research on TJ Hooker. Don't ask me why. And um, the there's o- a podcast devoted to TJ Hooker. The only way to do it, right? The only way to do a TJ Hooker podcast would be if you did the podcast from the hood right. of oh, a police car. That'd be really from hood of a black and white. Was that right? Yeah. Yeah. So okay. I watched. It's on Crackle. They have T.J. Hooker. There was a backdoor pilot with Sharon Stone called uh, Midnight, where she plays an undercover hooker. And so it's Hooker and Sharon Stone. Hooker so and Hooker. Well, Shatner and Sharon Stone. <laughs> it's Shatner and Sharon Stone. Hookers. Where he has to come to Los Angeles to help solve a case, and he partners with Sharon Stone. Wow. It is the greatest thing. And you know, for me, it had very because obviously right. I've worked with Shatner and I've worked with Sharon Stone. Right. So to see the two of them, it was totally like chocolate wow. and my peanut butter. It was like the two of them working together. It was amazing, and it was so bad. I just loved every second of it. It was amazing. When is the last time you saw that episode with Leonard Nimoy in it? Oh, I've only seen the clips recently. You're getting in my way, Hooker. 
<laughs> it's so great. It's awesome. But they don't have it on the on um, because Crackle only has seasons four and five and six, I think. Oh, because you know the thing about T.J. Hooker. Been by that well, time. remember T.J. Hooker was canceled by right. ABC, and then it went to CBS on prime time after prime time because they were um, competing against. Um, it's you who's competing. <laughs> <laughs> Stop competing with me, Dagger. So um, they were, um, uh, uh, you know, because late night shows were on um, uh, CB- on, on NBC and ABC. So because it was Nightline on ABC, NBC was, you know, had all the great um, late night shows. So um, they wanted to compete in late night. So they had crime time after prime time, right. where they would have different crime shows. It's sort of what WGN's doing now. And then they. Um, Program T.J. Hooker hmm. as um, you know, but it had they cut the budget, so it's really interesting. You know, in Enter- you know, in Star Trek, they would recycle stock footage of the Enterprise. They would recycle footage of stunts, so like oh stunts God. from previous seasons, like wow. you know, car- cop cars blowing up or going on. That was all recycled in this last season of T.J. Hooker. Anyway, wow, we didn't talk to Nana about uh, Jimmy uh, Jimmy Darren. Oh, that's yeah, right. Which would oh, been, yeah. which would been, but what, we Next should night. get him on the show. So we talk about TJ. That Hoker. would be amazing. We should get That'd him. Be interesting. You know. Okay. So let's continue get with him. the mailbag. Back into the mailbag. I'm gonna put my hand in to the <laughs> mailbag. Okay. Not the boar worms. <laughs> <laughs> the spice. What? What has it go? The spice gives me. Oh no, that's the uh, what's in the box? Pain. Pain. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> what's in the mailbag? Pain. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> the crew aboard the podcast podcast ship is excellent. September nineteenth, two thousand nineteen. The Huckman. Huckman. The Huckman. Five stars. Huckman. Okay, Huckman. Nick Let's Meyer hear what would never say. watch a movie about him. The crew aboard the podcast ship is excellent. As a lifelong trekker, it is so satisfying to hear true fans talk like true fans. They tackle each topic with the kind of gusto you can only find in a Captain Kirk flying kick to the face. The best part of finding a great podcast like this a little later, I get to binge a whole bunch before running out, which will soon happen. So beam aboard the show. It's the pond far of all Star Trek podcasts without oh. the seven-year wait for satisfaction. Wow. That's wow. great. I love our fans. That's, I love I love our great. listeners. That's awesome. They're, they're very clever. Okay, I'm going to read a few more, but you know, we did, I can't <laughs> read them all, but but I'm going to read a few more, and then I'm going to skip and find... You know what? I'm not going to read any more bad ones. There aren't really any, uh, and I want to encourage people to write bad ones to get on the show. So, right. Um, yeah. Kobayashi Maru, five stars from Zinc Adams. Is he related to Grizzly Adams? I don't, I don't know. know. No, he spells Is he it differently. To zinc oxide. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> if you're like Captain Kirk and you don't like to lose, then this podcast is your Kobayashi Maru test of Star Trek podcast. Doesn't like that mean there's no? Okay, don't think about it too much. There's no way to oh. win. Take yeah. the lose lose of trial and error, listening to podcasts, and turn it into a win win with Mark and Darren. Oh. And Ashley, I'll add that part. It's exactly the kind of Trek conversation I have with friends. I feel like part of the gang with every episode. Also, I don't do reviews, so you know it's good because I took the time to write this up. Thank you very much. That's we're not awesome. a gang; we're a club. No, no, that, that's great. <laughs> that's that's really that's nice. I prefer to think of it as a concern. <laughs> well, I gotta say, and Jason, that's very nice. Jason Redmond kept it short and sweet. Glorious, best tre- Trek podcast ever! Exclamation nice. point! Exclamation point! That's nice. Love the quotes from um, Giantho. 
Giantho, five stars. So good to hear all the TOS references via quote from memory and mostly mostly accurate. Yeah. No, <laughs> Sometimes. You're right. Come for the festival, eh? Yeah. Another great moment from Mantrap is have you learned to recognize the creature in whatever form it takes. And the creature <laughs> as McCoy is sitting right there. Ah. That's right. Yeah. Um, that's, that's That's great. That's great. Um, uh, Chi Wolf says, love listening to these guys talk Trek, probably because it sounds exactly like when my friends and I talk about Trek, throwing out quotes and all that. Just fun. Um, and you know, there's, there's, look, there's a bunch more. Do you want me to go on? Might as well. Okay. July 23rd, a P-W-A-R dog. Okay. Poor dog. Poor dog. Poor dog for Trekkies. Poor dog. It's a great show about Star Trek, but for people who claim to be fans of shows, they sure do seem to dislike an awful lot of it. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I don't we know. Don't, we don't really talk about much about the stuff that we dislike. I think it's a valid uh, comment, you know, but I'm not sure what they're basing it on because, yeah, there's a lot of Star Trek we don't like or st- stuff calling themselves Star Trek, but we don't really, um, we don't really talk don't about address. those shows because that's not right. when I, we don't want to bag on the shows you like. We want to talk about the shows we like. That's right. right. You right. know, and I think, you know, the only show where we really go negative, but we, we said it up front was Star Trek three and right. we were very, very specific but about the fact. it was loving. Fan. It was, it was, loving, it was with love. We a, said it with a love. loving uh, tear down. You know who we had lunch with today? Bob Sound. I was about to ask. Who. <laughs> I, was like, I was there, <laughs> and you know, we, we were having no. We had lunch with Bob Sound, and it was funny because he, we, we, he had to meet us on, on about something. And you know, we said to Bob, we said, you know, it'd be really great to have you back on the podcast mm-hmm. to talk about what you would have done had you done Star Trek Three. And he was very flattered, and you know, Bob is obviously a big fan of everybody and, and be able to, he just he, he he's he says he just doesn't want to sh- you know he didn't basically say it but he don't want to shit on star trek 3 right. by you know by by saying what he would have done and uh it would have been it would have been interesting but um well but that was a very popular episode by the way it was People, a great episode. it was a great episode it was a great episode sat there for hours okay let me ask you guys this right what's your favorite episode of trexperts so far of trexperts of, of not 430 movie of trexperts right. Hmm. Hmm. What's our favorite? Listening to afterwards or doing? Oh, recording it or or, or listening to it? I don't I, know. I think they're different. Okay, then tell then tell me both. Um. Hmm. The, mm. the Bob Salen one uh, recording it was great because we learned so much new stuff yes, that we didn't know before. I agree. Um. Uh, of course, Erin Gray. Luminous as she was, I, I I got lost in her eyes several times, uh, 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 interviewing her, and she was awesome, um, and she was also fun to listen to as well. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I I love them all equally because mm-hmm. they all come from the reality of us. You know, right, right. we don't we don't pre-write this stuff. We don't you know we don't. Obviously, plan too much. Um, <laughs> that much is certain. But it's 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 because this is this is how we sit around and talk all right. the time. Yeah. Um, I I really like uh, the time when we were just talking about how it was when we were fans as kids. Mm-hmm. That was a that was a fun one because I I love talking about and remembering that time. Right. What about you, Ashley? I mean, you haven't obviously done all the shows, right. but uh, but you've been a guest now. A lot. You're kind of like Charles Nelson Riley, you know. <laughs> you kind of be, you been, may not be a regular, but you've been on it enough times. Well, you're you're more like Jonathan Harris, special guest star who's there all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Lind, I don't know. Right. So, um, what, what uh, when you look back, what what's like kind of your favorite? I will I'll cut it two different ways. So, um, as a fan, recording, I think 
my favorite was uh, was Bob Salen mm-hmm. because it was just astonishing to hear him tell all of those stories and to realize that I was sitting in a room with like you know th- three other dudes who between us have seen that movie like easily easily over a thousand times yes and we're all yeah. sitting there going I never knew that right right, right. I mean when yeah. you could get all three of us going I never knew yeah do uh, you clearly have a story to tell mm. um, as a professional right my favorite episode that I participated in the recording of was Nick Meyer mm-hmm that was just an experience. Uh, yeah. So smart. Um, he was so fun. Uh, I had and such a great time. Plus, made him laugh. Plus, I made him laugh. Oh, that was one of the great jokes on the show ever. Thank you. The Irishman. He said, I don't want to see any show that ends in superhero. The show ends in man. <laughs> he said, oh, so you don't want to see the Irishman. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. That was great. Yeah, that was fun. I mean, it was just fun talking to him. We get to talk to so many smart, great people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the most delightful listen for me is uh, is probably, uh, I mean, maybe it's just because I heard it so recently, but the Aaron Gray episode is just delightful. Um, but I will say also that the most, f- the most fun that I had, and I think it's a fun listen, even though it's like, I think, 30 hours long, is uh, is the top 50 episodes of yes. all time that we did last that's year. My, I think yeah. that's my favorite. Yeah. I think that's my favorite. That was, that was so uh, great. I mean, A, I can't believe we did it. Yeah. B, I mean, we had allocated... Like an hour and a half for it, and it spanned yeah, multiple yeah. recording sessions. And I think they ended it's up like being five like, and a half hours. Yeah, I mean, it's this monster. Yeah. It's War and Peace of, <laughs> uh, of episodes, but and it's never boring. It's I don't think so. I enjoyed it, you know, and I was there. I listened to it again once, and that was enough for no, me. No, I, I think I listened to I think I listened to it more than once, but I, I actually really, uh, I really really enjoyed that episode. I thought everybody had such great things to say, and that's what I love actually listening to you guys talk. Because like Rob, who who had some wonderful. You know, insights. Um, you know, you 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 know, your insights were great. I mean, Darren. I mean, it was really super fun, and that's why when we did moments this year, which I thought was pretty awesome. Also, mm-hmm. I wish we had had Bill George, just yeah. because I don't know how his mind thinks right. in the best of ways. Right. That was an episode I loved. Yeah. You know what my favorite episode was? Bill George. No, oh, that was close. I love Bill George. I'm so yeah. glad because you. I've gotten. Uh, to to become friends with Bill George, mm-hmm. I love that guy. Yeah. I just think he is amazing. He's super talented, and he's he's one of us. But he, yeah. you know, he's so much a part of all these things I grew up on, yep. and he's just such a wonderful, thoughtful guy. Um, but uh, um, Tom Perry. Oh, oh my yeah. God, that Tom was great. Perry. Tom's great. Yeah, that to me. Wow, that was incredible. Because also, as a professional, so great to listen to. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. I mean, that was Hollywood history. I mean, and, you know, that was one where we really went long and um, it was worth every second. I just, all his history at United Artists. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, we barely got to Star Trek until we were like an hour in when right. we got to Star Trek. Um, I, I, I love that. All the Star Trek, the motion picture episodes were great, though. Yeah. The novelizations one. That's a, that's, uh, it's a special episode. That was a lot of fun to do. Yeah. But, you know, everyone who came in to talk about the novel, you know, Star Trek, much better. Walter Koenig, I mean, that was yeah. wonderful. And I love the fact that we found a way in to talk to Walter that wasn't the usual, tell right. us about your career, Walter. You know, it was like, let's specifically talk about Chekhov's like Enterprise. Chekhov? You know, and, um, but even, <laughs> you know, when you had, uh, the, you know, the, the music episodes mm-hmm. and, um, uh, you know, the guys came in and talked about your um, David, David uh, director's, edition. director's edition. Um, it's just like all those episodes. And that was one when we were recording it, I thought it was a little dry. And then when I listened to it, it was really good. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, 
So you just never know. And, well, you know, I learned a lot. The great thing is when, uh, when we do these, um, because we are, you know, flying by the seat of our pants, you don't have a lot of time to recall what actually went on during the episode. Yes. You, you, you remember the general feel of it, but you don't remember specifics. And then when you listen to it afterwards, uh, they, you know, the memories come back and it's, uh, it's a, a nice experience. And sometimes you you learn things you didn't realize at the time. Well, it's interesting right. because here I'm, I'm reading this boldly going where no podcast has gone before five stars. This is from um, LAUG4, um, and and this person uh, says um, best Star Trek podcast available. Bravo! You really need to do a deep dive episode about the special effects for Star Trek: The Motion Picture, discussing the effects that were corrected for Director's Edition. Thanks. Um, we kind of touched on that in that episode, but we haven't really gone and done it. I know we talked about trying to get Richard Taylor in um, from um, Robert Abel. Right. Um, we should revisit that. I don't know if we're done with Next Generation, a uh, motion picture yet uh, or not. Hopefully, we aren't. And right. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Um, but uh, I know that uh, when I interviewed Doug Trumbull in, in Vegas last year, um, that is an interview that could have gone on for another three hours, and it it did at dinner. Um, but it it would be nice to you know if if ever he comes back to uh, to Los Angeles to have him actually in the studio and sort of do a deep dive with him because I think that would be fascinating. Yeah, yeah, I I do too. Five stars, love it. This is from uh, Edmus. Recently Edmus? started binging the podcast since Mark Altman will be an upcoming Comic Con I'm attending. Oh, okay. And wanted to see what he had to say. Clearly nothing. And uh, <laughs> this has quickly become my favorite Star Trek-related podcast ever. These guys know their stuff, but still keep it entertaining. And it features the best Gene Roddenberry impression you'll ever hear. Oh, Kudos. Now, I want to point out, I have to correct you, it's not an impersonation. We have a Ouija board at the center of the table. <laughs> and we are literally conjuring Gene up. And, and he's being, uh, you know... Um, Recalling his ashes down from the sky. Because... Uh, and they settle upon Darren's head. This is, uh, this is uh, speechless. This is from um, Gage Cassidy. Gage Cassidy says, happened across IT on Twitter and soon jumped over to the podcast and started from the beginning on episode five right now. Just amazing. I love this podcast. I'm 44 years old. Growing up, didn't have any exposure to Trek beyond the films and reruns on Saturday afternoon. None of my friends were Trek fans in school. I didn't have any of the toys, but I did start reading the books as a teen. I feel like I'm in a room full of friends chatting about Trek. Keep this great podcast rolling. Great stuff. That's nice. I like hearing. I like hearing things like that. Yeah, this is. I. I mean, I don't always look. I haven't looked at this page in quite a long time, and it's actually really. Um, it's nice to hear all this. I mean, it's easy for us to be cynical and jaded, and 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 you know, but it's sarcastic. But this is actually is really nice because what Darren said is true. You know, the reason we keep coming back and doing this is to hang out. But the fact that so many of you have embraced the podcast and count on it every Saturday. So even when we talked about like, oh, should we do it less often? You know, that would be easier. But it's like, you know, we love the fact that, you know, people really, you know, count on um, listening to it on, on, you know, downloading it on Saturday. Yeah, there are uh, industry professionals in all walks of the professional life who, when there is not a new episode, for some reason, descend on my Facebook messenger or on my uh, my, my phone with texts asking me where are the F hashtag percentage point you know, exclamation point, uh, is the new episode of Inglorious Trexperts. That's cool. Right? That's really nice. Yeah. People love this show. And it's just, it's 
it's just it's great to be you know here yeah no i mean it's 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 funny because when we first talked about doing a podcast you know we sort of like what are we going to do a podcast we started the 430 movie which was so much fun mm-hmm. and still is. and and yeah it, it still is and then you know we decided to expand to star trek and it's just been um really great every time i think we've run out of things to talk about um we find new things for example the mailbag the mailbag <laughs> the mailbag i love the mailbag you know why the mailbag's cool because we come from an era before email back in the 70s when you would you know write to the star trek well committee right. or you would write when star trek the motion picture was coming out and join the fan club and they'd mm-hmm. send you those newsletters I mean, it was all about sending a self-addressed stamped envelope, right. you know, and 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 writing and, and writing to Starlog right. or to a comic book. And remember how excited you'd be if like your letter was published in a comic book. And sometimes a, a month later, you would get a big envelope, and there would be an autographed picture of the Enterprise. Well, I never, I, n- I never did <laughs> right? that, but, but signed by the Enterprise. Yes. <laughs> Best of luck, but, USS Enterprise. Enterprise. But uh, <laughs> but you know, so you know, the whole idea of else. writing a letter, right. you know, which is kind of a lost art. Is something that was like really much of the time. I remember like you order like from Intergalactic Trading Company a bunch of stickers, you know, and uh, so it's like the idea. Even though this is a digital mailbag, it's it's nice to 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 you know go back and and uh, you know uh, find all these 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 wonderful accolades are really nice. I mean, and that people feel the same way we do about the show. That's that's what's most gratifying to me that there are people. That, that, you know, more. There's more like us out there. Yes, there are. You're not alone in the yeah. universe. Well, you know, and and uh, and vice versa. That there may be people out there who who think that they're the only ones who feel this right. way, and they listen to a podcast and they realize, oh my God, there's a lot of other right. people. And you know, hearing people like Mike Sussman, you know, mm-hmm. um, who uh, is such a huge, uh, uh, you know, worked on the show for many years. And, uh, you know, it's just like us in terms yeah. of being a, a passionate fan who, you know, was just dream to work on, 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 on Star Trek. And then to get to do that mirror episode set on the, mm-hmm. the bridge of the, you know, Defiant. It's just like, uh, you know, to discover those people for us as well is, is, is to connect with people like that is, is really great. Because, you know, I'd interviewed Mike for the book, but, I, you know, I didn't really know him well. But mm-hmm. when we were first starting off the podcast, I reached out to him and, you know, became much friendlier with him as a result of the, you know, the podcast. Sure. You know, and you know, same thing. I think uh, you know Lisa Klink. Uh, you know who? Mm-hmm. You know when we do in the Voyager episode, and they end up using her. You know, write a wonderful episode of the show. You know, so it's it's, uh, um, uh, you know, it's been great. You know, just connecting with a lot of these people, like Bob Sound mm-hmm. and uh, you know um, other people. And Rafe uh, Needleman. Oh God! My, <laughs> you know, how can we not have mentioned that when we're talking about best episodes? My great regret was missing the Rafe Needleman episode. Yeah. Oh yeah, but you were working that day. Yeah. You were supposed to be there, and you had to cancel. Yeah, and um, that was extraordinary. Well, because you were such a big part of what that whole thing where we're like the discovery of yes, and then we never the hear un- from him, and, and and then for him to hear the podcast and hear us talking about him, and then to fly in and do the pie. Somebody recently pitched me a guest. They said, "Oh yeah, but you know what? You'd have to send a car for him." I said. Freaking Rafe Needleman flew in from San Francisco on his own dime. Yeah. I'm not sending a car yeah. for a guest. Yeah. You know, they can either come and show up yeah, or so did Bill George. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I was just gonna say that. And Bill George did the yeah. same. We're not sending a car to pick somebody up. There's a thing called Uber. And if they want to be on the show that bad, they can, <laughs> you know, Uber over here. If not, then not. You know, it's like it's just just the way it is. All I prefer the guest Uber over here. The parking is at a premium. It is. That's true. <laughs> but you know, I mean when you have people who show up here because they just want to come in 
and talk. Mm-hmm. And they discover that, you know, the, the pressure is not on to answer all the same questions they've always answered right. about Star Trek. And they can just talk to people for an hour about stuff that they find interesting and cool. I think that's what makes it worth it. That's why, you know, I think people listen to this show who might want to come on as guests and go, yeah, I can do that. Um, yeah, that sounds like fun. It's like we're this isn't the Tonight Show. This isn't you know a, well, a talk show. It's, it's really that's a really good point. And you know, it's like I, I thought somebody wrote something recently. They said, "Oh, I was really surprised." Um, you know, last week when we were recording this was last week. They said that you know Aaron Gray was the guest when I thought you guys would be talking about Picard. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, and I said, "But I loved it. I was so glad." You know, mm-hmm. they said, and um, and for us, it's kind of like. There are a lot of pe- other people out there who are talking about Picard, and we don't have any kind of perspective on it yet because right. it just premiered. And you know, I think a lot of the stuff that we look at, we benefit from being able to evaluate out of the time in which it's made. Sure. You know, we have this. You know, we're actually very well versed in it because we've seen them so many times mm-hmm. and are knowledgeable about it, as opposed to just sort of off the top of our head saying, "Oh, this is our, you know, this is our thought about this thing that just yeah. premiered." That, there are a lot of other people who do that, and that, that's a review. And yeah. I don't think that's. I think you can listen that's to any of our shows, and they're timeless. And you know, I don't want to do something that's kind of has, you know, a ticking clock on it because. You know, whether we said, oh, we love that show or we hated that show or whatever, you know, in six months, it could be a completely different perspective right. on it. Right. Um, and good Lord. I mean, do, do people really want to hear us sit around, you know, uh, reading a recap or, or spilling out a recap of an episode that just aired and then asking each other questions about like, you know, what do you think is going to happen next week? Yeah, exactly. exactly. That's not Which what is, you listen to this for. No, I don't think so. And I, again, I think you look, listen to a depth of expertise. Right. And I couldn't argue that, you know, when it comes to any of the new Star Treks, you know, I have come some kind of deep knowledge. No, um, absolutely not. You know, and, uh, you know, there are things I could talk about. But there about. are people out there that do. And so listen to them. Listen to them. Exactly. As well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, absolutely right. You know, and, and look, and there's certain things, you know, on some of the newer shows, things I could talk about that I don't feel would serve anyone, you know, by, you know, sort of airing the dirty laundry. It's just not, I mean, I've had people approach me about, you know, oh, when are you going to expand, you know, do volume three of uh, 50 year mission? And I said, you know, I'm not, it's not a thing I'm interested in because I like, you know, I just don't, I don't, I don't think we have enough perspective and enough context and right. enough anything to really be able to do that and um so anyway you know so we we continue on talking about what we love and i'm glad that there are people out there who love what we do that is territory best mapped by diplomats (laughs) (laughs) and uh, oh you know there was the other thing we should probably address before we wrap up there was a guy who i think recently on twitter uh was talking about um and i promised that we would respond on the show he was saying that, you know, Marina had said, you know, if you're right wing or you're conservative, you shouldn't be watching Star Trek because it's not for you. And he said, how do you feel about that? And, um, you know, I, I said we answered. I said we probably have different perspectives on this. You know, in general, I think anybody should watch Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think you cannot... You know, I, I think that on the right, some there have been some who have co-opted Star Trek for their own purposes who see something in Star Trek that doesn't exist because I do feel that Star Trek is a very progressive show um, that, you know, has always been about, you know, uh, forward thinking about you know, not being afraid of the other, you know, going all the way back to Spock, you know, extolling the value of science. You know, a lot of things that have become very unpopular uh, in the on the American right um, but at the same time, there are things on the left, you know, which is the inability to 
um, tolerate dissent, you know, um, and things. So I think Star Trek, you know, continues to be what, but it's also a show that extols meritocracy, which both sides of the aisle have co-opted for their own, you know, the, on the right, they use meritocracy as an excuse to sort of beat down diversity. And on the left, meritocracy, you know, can also be like, no, because you, you know, you're not embracing diversity. You're just, you know, and so I think it's a difficult question to answer. Part of the, I think part of the uh, draw specifically for me uh, in the TOS era and uh our our view of it is that I think that no matter what side of the spectrum you fall, there is something for you in it. Um, there is certainly the the uh, you know humanist and progressive uh, attitude of the crew, but there's also you know sort of American exceptionalism and Absolutely. and and um, you know uh, bringing the natives into line with the rest of the galaxy. And there's a very imperialist uh, bent on the whole thing, too. Yeah, that's that's true. So there is these levels, these, uh, you know, levels of of content in it speak to all people in some way. Not just the gangs of the column. That's right. (laughs) Exactly. We, Well, look, I will say this, and I'd like to hear what Ashley has to say, because that's a really well-reasoned point. You know, I, I think, you know, in part, I think that that, Marina's comment was driven by the fact that Stephen Miller uh, professes to be a big Star Trek fan. He clearly is a Star Trek fan who's in the, the Trump White House, who's the architect of the immigration policy. And clearly he wasn't paying attention because whatever he could like about Star Trek is not the values that Star Trek is about. That, I mean, they, there's no question about that. But does that mean that this is not a show that should appeal to conservatives or appeal to uh, people on the right? No, I think I think that's overstating it. But I do think that at the end, Star Trek posits a better humanity where we all can get along and we aspire to be better than we are. Right. And, you know, certainly, uh, you know, someone like a Stephen Miller isn't quite getting the memo. Um, but that doesn't mean that Marina is right to just dismiss you know, and say no one should, you know, on the right should watch. I mean, that's part of the problem. Totally part of the problem. You know, and then there's, you know, the the, the argument about, you know, how politically correct should Star Trek be? And that's a whole nother conversation because, you know, obviously, and we've seen it even on the show, the political correctness has, has gotten, you know, the pendulum has swung you know, can swing way too far. So anyway, we, I'm sorry. But oh, you I was were... going to say, I, I think that what's always been great about Star Trek and, you know, Darren, I think you kind of, you got to a lot of it, right? Kind of the, the two sides of everything that have always been present is that Star Trek it is, at its best has always been about questions and not answers. Right. That when we talk about Gene Roddenberry referring to his show as an allegory to talk about things that concerned him, real social problems, the genius of it was that, in the best episodes, um, we never got a speech, right? We really, uh, at the end of the day, we got Captain Kirk saying, what the actual F, man, um, to the point where I would argue that uh, that Star Trek is very often more utilitarian uh, than it is utopian. I mean, you look at, um, I mean, my God, you look at a private little war, mm-hmm. right? Right. Uh, a taste of Armageddon. Right. You know, very often, um, you know, Kirk is kind of coming down on the side of, I don't know what the answer is, but I do know the answer is probably not 
totalitarianism? I do know that the answer is probably not whatever simple answer uh, you've just given us. Star Trek has always said from the very beginning through, you know, any incarnation, at least as, as I recall it, even through... You know, through and I and look, I I am not the biggest watcher of uh, of things sort of post uh, DS Nine and Voyager, but um, even through DS Nine, right? Um, it, it was always wrestling with the questions. It never took anything for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it never said that there's anybody who is blatantly a black hat or a white hat, right? It's just it's a very or it com- made you think someone was a black hat. And you, right. there was nuance to it. Right? That's exactly or vice correct. Versa. And vice versa, yeah. right? It's like it gets down to, you know, why, you know, in the world, uh, an episode of Deep Space Nine, like in the pale moonlight, like, why should that work? Right. But it does work. And it works because, you know, yeah, Cisco does something utilitarian um, that perhaps, you know, can cost him his soul. But what is he doing it for? And the important thing about Wouldn't him is that you say it was worth a man's soul. No. Yeah, it's like he wrestles with it. Our characters wrestle with these things, and Star Trek only becomes bad when there is a certainty to it. Well, one right. thing Star Trek isn't about isn't about shouting. Yes, it isn't about shouting your ideas or shouting down your opponent. You know, and ultimately Kirk will make a decision. When this becomes a democracy, I'll let you know. Yeah. But he seeks out educated opinions from his science officer, from his medical officer, you know, and then he listens to what everyone has to say and makes a decision. And, you know, to a certain extent, that was the same thing with Picard, maybe even more so, where he seeks out mm-hmm. the opinions of educated people. Conference. You know, and he'll call these conferences that go on for nine hours and, you know, and, and everyone will give their opinion. Ultimately, he'll make a decision. And that's what's great about Star Trek. But it's also people who are entitled to their opinions because they come from a place of they're educated, they're intellect, they have intellect, there's intellectual rigor. That's, they've earned their position. They, they've earned their position, which goes back to Star Trek being a meritocracy. But, um, you know, so I think, you know, it's it, it's an interesting, it's an interesting question. Um and you know, look at you got to look at Roddenberry too. Roddenberry was a very flawed human being, as we all know. Um, you know, and he came, you know, came out of the military, and you know, he had a certain view of the world. I mean, having you know fought in World War Two and 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 been an aviator and stuff like that. So he aspired to be better, even though in reality he, you know, he wasn't the world's greatest guy. But he he he, you know, he he aspired to be a better person. And that's sort of the message of Star Trek. It's like, yeah, we're all flawed, but we aspire to be better. We try, you know, and. Um, and I think that ultimately is the lesson that we can all be better, you know, and, and, and you know, it's hard and it's, it's, it goes back to Kirk. I'm not going to kill today. Right. You know, and, and not literally in, in your life are you deciding not to kill, but you're deciding you know, how you can be a better person. That's right. Well, that was that turned out better than we thought it did. Really did. You know? Who knew? Who knew? The mailbag could... would be so interesting. <laughs> and we had Dean join we us as Dean special guest, and no, we had Ashley good. here, and that was great. Wait, wait, what, what do you, what do we think, Bill? How was that? Oh, good. Well, there you go. Fantastic. Well, and I want to thank you uh, for joining us for Inglorious Trexperts. If you're a fan of this podcast, you may want to check out our other podcasts like the 430 Movie every Friday, Rebel and the Rogue on Tuesdays, Best Movies Never Made every other Monday, and on Thursdays, Two on Who. You can also watch video podcasts of all your favorite Electric Surge shows on Electric Now, which you can download uh, Download the Stir, Distro TV, or Zumo apps, or the uh, Electric Now app, where you can watch our episodes on demand. 
as you heard Dean tell you. And don't argue with Dean because he knows. Also, if you enjoyed the podcast, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. And uh, we may even read your uh, review one day when we go back <laughs> to the mailbag. If uh, I still have my hand after reaching in. That's right. That's right. Uh, finally, it's like Roman holiday. <laughs> okay. <laughs> finally, uh, <laughs> a very special thanks, of course, uh, to our sound engineer, Bill Ritter, and everyone here at Electric Surge, producer Natalie Mascali, who tolerates our show every week. And, of course, Dean Devlin, thank you for dropping in, Dean. It was great having you on the show, teasing us with your work. presence later on. And, uh, of course, the show would not be possible without you. So we're very grateful. And watch his new show, uh, Almost Paradise, on WGN. Um, uh, and uh, we will see you. Uh, keep on trekking and gloriously, of course. And we'll see you next week. Engage. This show is produced by Dean Devlin and Mark A. Altman and is an Electric Surge Network production.